0: welcome to the geek geek podcast where we're ready to play our role this week i'm void and i'm here with my co-host Beige. oh i wonder which role i'm gonna get you're gonna get barred um today we're talking about yay <laughs> is that a ding, yay ding, 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 um ding, 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 we're talking ding,
1: about ding, 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 well i
0: almost said jrpgs i actually meant uh, <laughs> rpgs so we've got some good questions around this and it kind of Part of it came from a discussion on Twitter, part of it came from our episode, our Q&A episode, um, and part of it is just that like you've had a lot of JRPGs this year, and you and I in general both like a good RPG game. I think yeah, that's kind of much. why we landed on the subject, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're probably my favorite genre in general. Just not even just JRPG, but RPGs, like you were saying. And then uh, this year has been pretty much all JRPGs, except for just a small few games that I've played. So that's where my brain is. I've even started playing them recently again when I wasn't, So because even because of Fallout 76. Yeah. And both of us are kind of thinking like end of the year, game of the year
0: stuff, because we always like to do that episode. So we're like thinking back on the year and it's like, oh, yeah, there were a lot of RPGs. So that all of that to say that a couple listeners in different places asked, like, where's a good place to start? Like you guys talked about it. You obviously like RPGs like, where do I even get started with this if I've never even scratched the surface? So that's what we wanted to talk about today. It was, like, getting started with RPG video games. We're talking about video games today, not, like, tabletop RPGs. Um, So both, like, JRPGs and also Western RPGs is kind of how we split the difference here. The other reason we're doing this is because I just beat Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, and it was really (laughs) good. Um, I'm going to keep it on my Switch, and I'll probably, when we travel around Christmas, I'll probably get around to, like, the end game. But it was awesome, like... I still love it, and I I really enjoyed the game. I got my Bulbasaur, which I'm always happy about. It's the best Pokemon. Um, I will fight you. And it's
1: it's not a starter in this one, is it, the way that these work? Like, you actually just start with either Eevee or Pikachu? Yes, exactly. So, I got my Bulbasaur. I was very happy,
0: and it i mean i had a couple like minor things with it in the end like i wish that i could use my pro controller because it's like one of my favorite controllers ever and it's 70 you know that i put out there
1: to and you want to play it no you like, can't i thought you could because you can play it in docked mode like or not docked mode you can play it in handheld mode so i figured that the same kind of controls would work with the pro controller you would think so but it turns out that you have
0: to use the joy con when it's docked because they were afraid that people would not use the motion controls if they made them optional so so they forced oh, it on people and my goodness. I think that's a bad decision, but luckily the motion controls are not bad compared to other motion control games that I've played. Um, Good. I did actually like this one in handheld mode a lot, and I ended up playing it in handheld mode a lot, because I like the controls better, but I thought that sitting down with the Joy-Con was fine, too. Like, I did that
1: plenty. Um, but, you know... When it's in handheld, I have a question. Yeah. Because I haven't played I'm expecting to get it for Christmas this year, so I'm really excited about that because I haven't heard a lot of bad things about it, but what I'm curious about is when, you, when you're in handheld mode, do you use the touchscreen to mm. uh, catch like it is no. with Pokemon Go. No, so you can you just like tilt
0: to aim. It's it's using like the oh, sensors okay. inside of it. So it has a little bit of motion control, but it's not it's not the same where you actually have to like do a throwing motion, which yeah. is nice. So it, it's good to change it up. And then like they also did really cool things like they brought visible Pokemon to the overworld. You know, and I want them to bring that into the future games in the series. It just made the world feel like more alive. And I don't know. It's it's just a really really good pokemon game and i know you were wondering about like how you farm rares if they show up in the overworld yeah
1: because like you can you can see all of them and usually when you're wanting a rare pokemon or trying to get a shiny you're kind of running around in circles in an area waiting on it to spawn at random but if they're all on the world map like how do you force new spawns if it's not there so it's the same way you
0: can run around until they respawn but then also If you start just catching one Pokemon over and over again, you get a combo going, and as your combo goes up, your chance of Shinies and Rares goes up.
1: Oh, okay. So it's actually probably... That's a good system.
0: Yeah, it's probably like the most like shiny rare friendly game that there's ever been in the whole series which is really cool.
1: That is really cool. Good for them. Like yeah. this year with some of the stuff and last year with the way that Nintendo's been with a few things it's like shame on you Nintendo, but this was like good for you Nintendo. <laughs> so this was half the reason that like I thought of this as the episode topic for the week was
0: like I'm just having a ton of fun with Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and I beat it and it was great and I can highly recommend it which I'm going to do here in a second. But then the other part was that you got back to Dragon Quest 11, right?
1: Yeah. Actually. Actually, it started with Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Oh, interesting! Um, I can't remember if I mentioned that. Uh, I I don't think we've recorded since then. Maybe we did. Um, but I found out that I could get it way cheaper than before that I thought because standalone it's $40 but at just as DLC it's 30 and I had about $10 in credit for the eShop so I could get it for 20 bucks and so I'm like that's perfectly fine with something I'm I'm not 100% I want to play right now and it was really good but then um, Austin started playing Dragon Quest eleven and telling me how wonderful it was so uh, over Black Friday I was able to get it and I started playing it and it is beautiful. It is excellent. So I actually pushed aside Xenoblade Chronicles Two, uh, the Torn of the Golden Country DLC uh, for Dragon Quest Eleven, just because it's the more uh, it's the more um, traditional uh rpg and that's more with turn-based battles like that that i was looking for yeah no that's awesome but the uh that it was way more traditional like the turn-based battles were just a lot more fun for me right then even though the xenoblade chronicles 2 had a really really refined system from xenoblade chronicles 2 cool so I mean it worked
0: out so that you were playing that the same week that I was playing this so I think we should start with JRPGs because I feel like that's been a lot more of our year and we've talked about them a lot more just because like I don't know something about it appeals to both of us and there's always we'll get to western RPGs I promise we'll talk about that in the second half of the episode (laughs) um but like let's start with Pokemon because I was just talking about it and You know, these are for the most part, these ones that we're going to talk about here are JRPGs that like both of us love and they keep coming up on episodes over time. So we just wanted to lay out like why it might be good for a beginner and, like, who it would
1: be good for is kind of what we're going for. So yeah, because they can be really intimidating to get can. into. That if you start with one of these, like, really hardcore, if you're just like, oh, Shin Megami Tensei sounds cool, that's got demons in it, you start that one and you will just pull your hair out because it's so hard. It's it's made for dedicated hardcore players. So uh, we don't want you to get that kind of frustration in what can be a really fun, accessible genre. Yes, exactly. So let's. Start with Pokemon because I think
0: Pokemon is one of the most accessible ways to get into RPGs, just period. But also JRPGs yeah. specifically, and I'm gonna focus here on like the Let's Go. So Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. It's super new. It's super up to date. I've actually heard that like Eevee is slightly more newbie friendly than the Pikachu one, just because of the marvelous moves that you get for your like companion Pokemon. And so to keep that in mind. Like if you're kind of on the fence, like I don't know which one to get, maybe go for Eevee. Um, but It's really good for Pokemon fans, and I would especially say that, like, Pokemon Go fans, or if you're just a fan of anything Pokemon and you've never actually played, like, the mainline JRPGs, um, but if you're coming from Go, you'll recognize a lot of similar mechanics and just aspects of the game. Um, It's taken out a lot of the, like, grind and a lot of the, I don't know, a lot of the more nitty-gritty things that kind of cause friction. They're not bad, but... It, it removed a lot of the friction in the game in a really good way. That would be great for new players, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, even when they started, I mean, I think you started with red and I started with blue back when, you know, we were very, I don't want to say very small because I think I was 15, but it was, it was a much more, I don't want to say hardcore game, but it was definitely not a game at that point where everybody could just pick it up and and intuitively know how to play all of it and like what a pokedex was or anything like that and now they've really streamlined them into this okay this is great and there are demos out there i mean if you have a 3ds there's a one called pokemon pokemon omega ruby Sa- uh, alpha sapphire special demo that you can get just to see if you like it
0: yeah and there's a bunch of other ones like you could really start most places in the mainline like pokemon series but I really think that let's go is like the onboarding point. And this is going to be one of those games that I point people to for years. Whenever they ask like, what's a good place to start with JRPGs? Mm. It's like, are you a Pokemon fan? If yes, this is your starting point. Like, no question in my mind. It's so newbie friendly, explains everything as you go. It never gets too complicated or too hard or is going to throw up a roadblock that you can't get past. Um, all of those things I think are important. And if you like Pokemon and you just like, especially, you know, if you're a fan of Go and you've gotten into that over the last couple years and you're hooked on it and you're like, oh, man, I wish I could try. But the mainline series seems intimidating. This is your
1: onboarding point. Like, no question in my mind. I think that's part of the reason they made this one too, because of the phenomenon that Go was when it launched, that so many people are still playing it who may have never touched one of the main lines and as the Switch kind of exploded, it really is the perfect way to bridge the mainline system and the mobile the mobile platforms.
0: Yeah, and so this one, you can only get it on the Switch right now. I don't anticipate that changing based on the game. It's kind of like tied to the system very much so with the motion controls and things. Um but yeah, it's a great starting point. Next up, we want to talk about Final Fantasy series, which could be a gigantic topic, but we really tried to narrow in on the ones that we think would be good for new players. Um... You said that maybe even nine was, which I'm kind of
1: curious about. Like what was your thinking there? See, for nine, it really feels like I've gone back and and you've played all of them straight through. Yep. And I've gone back after not touching them for a while and tried to pick up one and just start it out of order, just in isolation. And nine, I was able to pick up and go and not really think about anything because it's just a fairly traditional classic JRPG, like you would pick up at any point. Kind of like the the Pokemon games, uh, any of the 16-bit uh, Final Fantasies or Dragon Quest or anything else. It's just, it's got a story, it's got their, uh, it's got characters and a narrative that you will care about. There's a lot of emotion into, in it, and a lot of people can really invest in that. And the job system, well, there's not a job system, and well, the battle system is complex in that you can learn moves and that there is strategy involved but it's not something that is very overwhelming like uh, the gambit system in 12 or something like that 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 is just insane to try to get as a beginner so i really liked nine because it 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 made me fall back into it without even a second thought. Um, whereas like 10, I know you, you always recommend 10 to people. I couldn't push through 10. I love 10 and I restarted it and I couldn't make myself continue on with it. And I don't know precisely what it was. The battles felt a little slower and clunkier. Um, maybe it was just a style for me at the time, but, uh, 10 had a, a, the voice acted narrative a lot more, uh, a lot more modern take on it um i guess it's because i like the more traditional old school type rpg more than uh, newer ones maybe where that
0: is I, I think that's the difference because like nine and we should say where you can find it so it's kind of everywhere you know, it's remade a lot of places. It's on the Vita. It's on the PS3 for sure. And you said those are the
1: cheapest at the moment. Those are the cheapest because they're actually just a port of the PlayStation One game. It's one of the PS One classics. And then it's on mobile that they redid an H. They did an HD remaster where Nine is on mobile, Steam, uh, pretty much every every platform out there i think there's a a ps4 and xbox one version as well now i'm not sure if it's on switch though yeah not yet
0: but they announced that they're going to be bringing most of the final fantasy games that have made it cross-platform now like the historical ones most of those are coming to switch in the next year or two so awesome yeah these most of the games we're talking about today you can find a lot of places we kind of did that on purpose so nine is good for that i would actually say if you want a classic jrpg to feel like what it was more like in the 8 and 16 bit era um final fantasy 5 is probably the one i would steer people towards 9 is kind of like you said it's kind of a throwback to that style but remade in the ps2 era it was actually ps1 uh yeah, it was ps1 uh, yeah, it was right, right, at, the right end. at the end of the ps1 era for um 3d graphics and kind of like the new style that everything was moving into but not all the way there whereas final fantasy 10 was the first one in the ps2 era but mm-hmm. if you're going for classic i would throw people back even further like if you want to dig into something that's a little bit more like show me the swords and sorcery like where did all of this come from um final fantasy 5 is really good for it because it has a, a typical story that has a couple twists to it <laughs> but nothing crazy like the story is Pretty much what a lot of the other early Final Fantasy games are. Um, There's crystals, there's fiends, there are a lot of the. Fiends trying to destroy the crystals. Yep, there are multiple worlds, (laughs) there are, you know, there's things that like kind of carry through the series. And that one has still to this day one of the best job systems in any game or any rpg i should say out there like that job system is amazing so that's where i direct people these days i usually don't say go for the classic cartridges or um, even like the Game Boy Advance version is okay, but a little bit harder. Um, I usually steer people towards the smartphone ones um, or, you know, on yep. iPad, whatever, uh, a modern mobile device or PC. Like, those are all pretty good ports of it.
1: Yeah, otherwise, I mean, the PS1 version has a lot of issues with load times uh, that even, like, emulating and trying it on the, uh, the Vita and stuff like that with the PS3 version, uh, which is, you know, emulated, is still super slow. The Game boy advance one has weird translation issues sometimes and so they've kind of rectified all of that in the smartphone and pc releases that's been my favorite one so far uh, although i'll still always have a, a place in my heart for the fan translation of it that i played first yeah, uh, before it became in english that ios version is the one that i play every
0: year for the yep. four job fiesta so i really like that one um i will glad these steer people that direction but yep, i have it on my phone right now so it's <laughs> It's good. It is good. The one that I, so one of my top recommendations, and I know it didn't click for you, but I think this is because you're coming from a classic JRPG background. I'm thinking about new people into the genre, never played a game
1: before. Final Fantasy X, I think is a great onboarding point. Um, Oh, it's a fantastic game. Don't let me, don't sound, don't let me say that it's not. Like, don't, it's great. I, I think it's one of the best entry points into JRPGs. Um, if you really
0: like Pokemon, I would still say Pokemon Let's Go is the way to go. If you're interested in things but not Pokemon, I'm probably going to direct you to Final Fantasy X a lot of the time. Um, it has fully voice acted. Well, not fully, but it's mostly voice acted, which is one of those things that like you and I don't really think about it, if it, a game is voice acted or not, because we've seen both so many times. But if you're yep. coming to it new... And everything is reading like that can throw some people off. So this the whole main narrative for the story is all voice acted. Some of the side characters and stuff that you run into along the way, if it's just like a one-off line here and there, they might not be. But this
1: shopkeepers, things like that. Yeah, exactly.
0: This is the first real Final Fantasy game that's on ps2 at the time when it came out Mm -hmm. and the other reason i like to direct people to this is it's fully turn-based so you don't have to worry about timing you really have infinite time to think about things which is another reason that i like to recommend pokemon too. it's pure turn-based right whereas a lot of the other final fantasy games and a lot of other games in the genre even if they're kind of turn based, they have mechanics in there where they're not entirely, right? Like we'll talk about Fallout later. It has Vats where it slows down time, but it doesn't stop it.
1: Um other and in fa- some Final Fantasies there's the active time battle yeah, where everybody is of. gaining some sort of meter, and whoever has the highest speed stat will get their turn slightly faster than other people, so it always kind of changes a little bit and they gain and you have to make decisions while other people are doing the same thing. Other monsters, I mean. Yeah, and
0: in ten, you can see the there's like a meter on the side that has it has like little tiny cards for every single person in the turn order. And at a glance, you can always see the next few turns that are coming and the order that everyone's going to act in. And when it becomes one of your character's turns, you have all the time in the world to think about it to kind of weigh your options and stuff. I think that's really important for people new to the genre. Otherwise, it can feel like time pressure that people aren't used to and can throw you off. And then besides that, it's a really good story um, especially for the time but I still think it holds up today and it's <laughs> I know it's one of those games that a lot of people are like oh that's the first game that made me cry so <laughs> for some people it, you can have that emotional reaction I like the game I don't think it's like that far out there that it's going to make me cry but it's
1: it's a good game it's, because it's a you're good a robot story void. well I mean we all have our own issues. And <laughs> <No. laughs> no, it mine was nine. I mean, that may be why I like it so much, is because it's the first one that made me cry that none of the others did. And nine really hit me and I was like, Oh man, I don't remember how remember how old I was at that point, maybe sixteen, I'm just sitting in my room crying because of this and I'm like, Oh man, this game. <laughs>
0: okay. I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. So Who is this one good for? I would say anyone who wants to get a taste of JRPGs but doesn't want to go all the way back to that classic old school design that we were talking about for like five and nine. Um, And then you can also get it a bunch of places because it was remastered a couple years ago and that's the version that I direct people to. So that's another Mm -hmm. reason it's on this list. It's been remastered for every modern platform. So it's on PC, it's on Xbox One, PS4, PS3, it's on Vita. It's not out on Switch, but that one was announced and it's going to be coming soon. So it's like any modern console or PC you can get final fantasy 10 and it's actually a bundle with 10 2 if you want to even save money and get, both of those um, you can get the remaster of those together so that's a really really good spot to start I think
1: it is and despite you know not to go into it because we have other episodes where we have 10 2 is very good you'll hear a lot of hate for it but from a a genre perspective it has a fantastic battle system that if you like 10 you need to play 10 2 just to experience the battle system yes that it takes what 10 did and just straight up made it better Mm, it made it very different and it's worth trying if
0: you like 10 uh you can get 10 too so but 10, 10 is the place to start um so the next one on this list is dragon quest for jrpgs and this is one where i have beaten dragon quest one and i've tried i think every other dragon quest but i bounce off of everyone after like an hour because they all just feel the same to me so you got to help me out here i know the ones to recommend because i've talked to you enough it's basically like 8 and 11 right but tell me yeah tell me why Let's start with 8. Okay. Let's go
1: in order here. Okay, So I haven't played all of them. That That's actually on my list of things to do because I found out that I really love the fact that they're all the same. Um, and, and I say that in the best way possible because these are they, they were the first JRPG. Dragon Quest in Japan and was released as Dragon Warrior in the US. Really started the genre. Um, Final Fantasy was trying to beat it because it was selling so well. So I mean now we're looking at it and where Final Fantasy, like we were talking about, they had all of these different. Uh, th- there are different games that you can start with. In essence, you could start anywhere in Dragon Quest because they all keep a lot of the same mechanics. But really, Dragon Quest Eight is generally seen as the place to start the franchise if you haven't done any at all. That was where I started. Um, and really, it's because it was originally published on PS2. It is a fully 3D game where instead of having an overworld map or pre-rendered backgrounds or anything at all, you're running around like an action game and you can see all of the monsters out in the world you're going into buildings and it was kind of revolutionary for the genre at the time um, it was kind of the Final Fantasy 7 of its franchise because it was the first time this series was put into 3d and kind of like the Final Fantasy 10 where it was the first time there was voices in it and this one is has a turn-based system uh, that that waits for you there's not any kind of meter running you can take as long as you want on every every turn um it's you there's treasure, there's a very traditional fantasy narrative uh at work here. I mean, you're kind of like uh, he was saying about Final Fantasy V. There this is just fantasy tropes in a lot of ways. But th- I didn't think I was gonna like it. I played probably 10 hours of this and I'm like, okay, this is very by the book. And then after that, as I got more people in my party, I was like, oh, by the book isn't bad, that it was just very easy to play there wasn't a lot there was a lot of strategy in the battles and the skills that I chose for my characters but there wasn't some system I had to master it was just making good choices on my turns and making sure that I put points in places that I enjoyed them on the character builder the character building side of it and that's really where 11 is as well because 11 plays like you're playing 8 too um in almost every way it is made for people who liked dragon quest eight it has taken everything from it you even wear you even get as a bonus when you buy it a suit of armor that makes that changes your appearance into final fantasy or uh dragon quest eight's main hero that you can walk around like that at the beginning and then craft later in the game uh basically artifact armor that's even better out of those it's directly a successor to it even though the stories aren't linked at all um so
0: you can get uh eight on smartphone ps2 and 3ds for sure and then yes 11 right now is on ps4 or pc and i think it's on xbox one also if I i'm remembering think
1: it's on xbox one yeah
0: so if i had to make you choose one of these two to be like someone has no idea about any of this but they're interested in Dragon
1: Quest which one of these two do you direct them to right now I would direct them at 11 okay um partially because it's beautiful this is one of the most beautiful games I've played in a long time it's colorful and vibrant and just the graphics that they put together on this it is like watching a 3d cartoon like it is it is beautiful the voice acting is good just everything about it is great the voice acting in eight while it's there is uh, kind of annoying at times and I found <laughs> okay. myself uh, I found myself pushing through it a a lot and like hitting the button so they didn't talk but this one i really like and there is a character uh named Silvando who really is magnificent to listen to like his accent i listen to all of his uh, his lines and don't push through them at all um but it's really good but it's still that turn-based you pick skills and there's not a lot of, of complexity it's there. very
0: traditional it's very yes. if you want to know the core of JRPGs like I said you can kind of go back to Final Fantasy 5 if you want that classic feel or if you want the core of JRPGs brought up to some modern standards but still absolutely just the core and like
1: not a whole lot else but uh, That's probably where Dragon Quest comes in. And I would probably say if you want that with Dragon Quest, you can do that with Dragon Quest V. That would be the one that you would want to start with because it has uh, where... Final Fantasy V has the job system. Uh, Dragon Quest V has a monster taming system. Oh, that's right. It has like a almost, I don't want to say it's like a Pokemon system, but you go out and you bring monsters into your party and uh, really work that way. Um, The only one that I would recommend not starting with, well, two, is Dragon Quest I um, because it does not hold up very well. Um, I am honestly amazed that you beat it that uh, I don't know anyone else and then Dragon Quest 7 I would not suggest to anybody starting out I bought it just the other day Um, I'm about two hours in and there has been no combat so far it's been just setting up the story running around and setting up the world um, because the game itself is a series of vignettes and so you can play the game in chunks if you want to and you'll get whole stories that eventually add up into a whole narrative Um, but from everything I've read it is the longest Dragon Quest game, that it's easily, even for casual, like, casual playthroughs, normal people, you're getting 100 plus hours. Um, hardcore people may be able to do it in 60. Like, this is a big game. This is not a place to begin. So if you see it, it will look really cool, and uh, it is, but it is definitely a long investment. Yeah, and then I would I would also add in here, I know you kind of
0: added it as a last thought, but... If you do want more of, again, we're talking about like that older style but brought up to modern standards, um, Bravely Default is another really good one to tie yeah. into. It's direct evolution from Final Fantasy V. It's like if they hadn't done anything new in Final Fantasy after five, which they definitely did, um, and then it was suddenly brought up on the 3ds again so it's like yeah. they kind of ignored everything between you know final fantasy 6 and then whatever was the most recent one at the time um and they went back to that core dna of final fantasy 5 and they made Louis default like it's the best final well it's one of the best final fantasy games that's not a final fantasy um i have a different one in mind to say the absolute best but i would say this was number two and like you said, that's a good one. If handhelds are your thing, it's a good place to start, and it's pretty newbie friendly. There's a lot of like options in there where you can turn mm-hmm. random battles all the way off, where you can crank them all the way up if you want to grind, or there are difficulty options, which is something that's not in a lot of
1: JRPGs. Stuff like that, yeah. and you can do auto battles in that one just oh, out of yeah, the gate, too. where you don't have to worry about the grinding that happens in some of these. That uh, while you can grind, it's literally you moving your your circle pad in a circle and uh, letting it do its thing. Um, it's actually going to be when we we always do a yearly uh, best video games of the year and Bravely Default is going to be on mine because um, I only oh, played I it for the first year. time this year. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's fantastic. Like it's been out for years. You can find it for 20 ish dollars on the 3DS and it is absolutely one of the best games I played this year that I would highly recommend that if you w- it's 3D uh, all of that like it's a it's a modern take on that kind of game. Yeah. And I'm going to say that like the best Final Fantasy game, that's not actually a
0: Final Fantasy game. Like that doesn't have it in the name is Chrono Trigger. I still think that's an amazing place Uh, to start. Um, It is for my money it's the best 16-bit RPG out there and Mm -hmm. it's just so good it's such a good game this is one of those games where I didn't play it until recently like not until I was an adult did I play Chrono Trigger and I absolutely loved it so I know for a fact that there's no nostalgia clouding my vision on this one in particular (laughs) because I came to it so late like people told me For years and years and years, oh, you'd like this game, you'd like this game. And I just put it off for whatever reason, one thing
1: or another. And then part of it's probably because everyone told you that you would like it. Probably. That's kind of like me and Bravely default. I mean, to be completely honest, people are like, you need to play this. I'm like, yeah, sure I do. And now I'm like,
0: yeah. So if you want to see like the pinnacle of what a 16 bit RPG can be, I would say Chrono Trigger is the place to go. And it's on all the, the smartphones. And you can also go back and get like the Nintendo DS version, which a lot of people think is a really, good version if not the best or um it's on pc now even though the pc port has some issues they're slowly fixing them over time
1: yeah and you'll see different versions on the pc with different names like you'll see like limited edition release or maybe like the ultimate things like that just get it like the ds is the one i've played all the way through and then gone back to Um, i played it on the super nintendo so nostalgia did kind of cloud me for a little bit and then i just dug in it was great you can go back and listen to our jrpg episode in season two and hear me just you know talk about how great that one is but it is you're right it is by far the best 16-bit rpg out there potentially one of the best rpgs out there period yeah
0: without a doubt and then um before we take a break here in the middle and then talk about western rpgs we just wanted to make a note that like Action RPGs are this whole other thing that we should probably do a whole other episode on, but you could keep these in mind too as good starting places. And I know a couple ones like that you kind of jotted down really quick were like Zelda, Kingdom Hearts, the Wise series, and you said maybe even Xenoblade 2.
1: Yeah, because Xenoblade 2 has a pseudo turn based approach to it where uh it's kind of in the middle and it was very accessible and people have talked to me about that one being their first jrpg and got them into more so that was why i wanted to actually mention it uh because while it's slightly turn-based and q based it's uh uh it was very easy for some people to get into the the series because it is entirely narrative driven and that's what actually bent made you bounce off of it.
0: Yeah, I'd probably throw a couple others in this mix too like uh some of the Diablo games are approachable but easy and accessible mm. and then like Final Fantasy 15 is actually a really good spot if you're interested in like a modern um JRPG that's like an action RPG. But again, I think we're going to hold those yeah. for another day and do a whole episode on it because that makes sense to me to do. It uh, does. Yeah, let's take a quick break cuz we don't have Geekery this week. We're just doing this topic cuz it's a longer topic. So, uh, geeky offer of the week. Why don't you tell the good people about Patreon?
1: So everybody, we've got a Patreon and it is it goes to help the podcast. Anything that you pledge goes directly into supporting the podcast, letting us keep it on the air. And we have some really cool um, uh, Patreon rewards on there that, that you can see me try to learn how to use the Patreon lens, which is like a Snapchat, Instagram story type thing. And I'm terrible at it. So you can pay to watch me fail and you can also get a special discord title you could tell us what to do and have us do a topic uh podcast on a topic that you choose um anything that you want so we could do that uh you know within reason y'all um but you can also get a real nice thank you for pledging so if you go to patreon.com slash geek to geek cast you can pledge you can be our friend you can help support the podcast just like lyle mccarns did lyle pledged and i want to say you got a real nice thank you you a good person lyle we love you you are awesome and your money is hours now we love you <laughs> thank you so much lyle rocks actually
0: i know him from a couple other places around the internet he's pretty sweet um yep. on the network this week uh geek is back after a short hiatus they talked about girls who code with marturia yami and it was probably one of my favorite episodes that joe has ever done it was joe and a special guest and then uh marturia yami and marturia was just it was so fascinating to hear from she's like right at the end of high school i think she's a senior if i'm remembering correctly and it it was a lot of like Kind of being into some of these geeky things, but also being in high school and how that feels in the moment. Because I think you and I were both there, but we've both been out of that mode for a long time. Right. And she did this Girls Who Code program and got to go to Blizzard and like go there every day for I don't remember a few months or something. It was it was awesome. Like I can easily recommend it. That's a great episode. And then Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea this week. They talked about the Lizzie McGuire movie, which was a very interesting blast from the past. So if you are of that generation that liked that movie. Check out that episode. It's worth your time. Okay, the rest of the main topic, we want to talk about Western RPGs because it's like a whole different thing. We I mean, wanted to break in there a little bit. Um, one of the things I would say up front is that a lot of these, maybe not all of them, but a lot of these have difficulty settings, which is not always true of JRPGs. And if you are going to try these Western RPGs and you're brand new to the genre, just turn these down to easy. Don't feel bad about it. Like that's a really good place to start. So that's just like a blanket statement for all of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um,
1: it's a it's something that I know we've talked about in the past where these are the games that I know you and I tend to if we get frustrated at this for pretty much any reason, we turn the difficulty down and don't feel bad about it. Oh yeah, no, we try to respect our free time. Yeah. It's so so these are these are a good place to get in because of that because outside of like bravely default you can't necessarily do that in a jrpg yep yep for sure so first up on this list
0: is skyrim because it is everywhere and it took off like almost no other western rpg game has ever taken off um i think this is truly the game that brought western rpgs to the masses and it's in a lot of ways it's like stereotypical western rpg it's the fantasy setting (laughs) yeah you know it's like sword and board fighting with magic mixed in you can be like a stealthy archer you can be a mage you can be a guy who hits stuff with weapons and it controls from well you could be third person view technically but most people play it from a first person view but it's it's stereotypical but in a good way because it executes on it so well and that's the differentiator here is that the execution of skyrim is just it's amazing like what it does and how how it made it mainstream because it's accessible enough, and that's why it's on this list, right?
1: Yeah, because it is the fifth game in the Elder Scrolls series, and you may have heard of those being Oblivion and Morrowind, and Skyrim is by far the best of them to come in because the others always hit a point where you get really frustrated at the difficulty or the controls or even the questing system, and Skyrim made sure that all of those were smoothed out and if you're on pc there's a modding community that has basically redone the game and made everything accessible as good as you would ever want it to be um yeah i mean you could change anything about the game basically at this point the inventory system is is awful the inventory is terrible so if you play it on pc go download a mod and you have one of the best entry rpgs that you will put hundreds of hours in that i can think of yeah so Um,
0: i would say this is good for anybody who wants a taste of those like bethesda games like if you've ever been mm -hmm. like oh they look so interesting but they also look so intimidating um skyrim is definitely your onboarding point and the other thing is that it's everywhere. Like, where's this game? Basically everywhere. It's on every platform, even including the Switch at this point. Like, it's not on mobile, but who knows? Like, give it another couple years. Like, they, I, they just keep bringing this game out everywhere.
1: Yeah, I would not doubt there being in a generation or two of phones that they would actually do a Skyrim mobile. Because they, they, they do it everywhere. Like, the fact that they got it on the Switch means that they could probably run it on today's phones. Just the controls would be weird. Um, but, I mean, it's, it is. It's everywhere. It's on the PS3. 360 ps4 xbox one um there's an ultimate edition i think that you can get i can't remember the exact name of it on steam but it's on sale all the time for around 15 dollars um you can get this and it will it's a great way to get into Bethesda games, because that's actually what got me into Bethesda games. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so next up is Mass Effect 2. I This is
0: probably one of my favorite RPG games of all time, and I put two on here instead of three or one for a variety of reasons. But really, I think that Mass Effect 2 is like Bioware storytelling and relationship building at its best. I still think that in the future we could see better, but at the moment... I I keep holding this up in my mind as like the standard for what they can do when they really do well. Hmm. And uh, I would skip Mass Effect 1 because it hasn't aged very well. And you also don't really need to understand it to know what's going on in Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2 is just as good of an onboarding point to the series as 1, surprisingly. It does a really good job of getting you into the universe. Whereas if you went to 3, you would be completely lost so that's that's Three where. basically picks up from where two
1: left off doesn't it? or am yeah. i just making that up wrong no play? you're right it basically does not exactly but close enough yep because I gave up on one that back in the day I had it on Xbox I gave up on it I didn't like the controls even back back at that point I chose the wrong class and I still to this day haven't gone back for two or three yeah and and one
0: didn't know what it wanted to be yet that was part of the problem I liked it at the mm -hmm. time and then when I went back and I tried to replay it like a year or two ago I could not do it like I couldn't deal with it like that game needs a remaster so bad
1: (laughs) same here yeah exactly I still haven't done it because of that and I haven't touched two because i didn't know that it would be it was okay basically for the story to skip one because i knew that two and three had such a tight narrative that they finished everything up yeah you're totally fine starting the story with two and then the other thing is that like
0: who's it good for this is one of those that i would take a different tact and i would say this is really good for people who are coming from a like a shooter background, like FPS specifically, but really any kind of shooting game out there. This has that at its core, but it also has difficulty levels. So if you're not coming from that background, you really just want Bioware storytelling. Crank this game down to the easiest difficulty. If you are like a huge FPS fan and you play Call of Duty every year or Battlefield or something and you're like really good at it, you could actually crank this game's difficulty up. And you would still get the story, you'd still get the narrative and the RPG elements, but you'll also get a really fun shooter out of it. So I would recommend this one to anyone who's like an FPS player or a shooter player in general, and you can get it on PC, Xbox 360, PS3. It might be a couple other places, but those are the ones that I know
1: off the top of my head. And this one also, because it's been out for a few years, goes on sale all the time. You can even yes. get it every once in a while for free that this is one of the games that uh, some companies end up giving out as one of their holiday gifts or, hey, we're having a promotion. Take Mass Effect 2. Um, you can get a bundle with the trilogy like this one is very easy to get your hands on. Um, Heck, I think I have like two or three copies of it because of that, just coming in different bundles with things. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's such a good game, and
0: I think it's still just my favorite Bioware game that they've made so far. I, I leave myself open to change my mind later as more games come out, but I love Mass Effect 2. So the last one on this list for Western RPGs is Fallout 4, or I made a note here, like it could be Fallout 3, if you really feel like going back a little bit further but I think Fallout 4 is more polished and a little bit further along, so I would recommend that one over 3, unless you feel strongly. I haven't
1: played enough of actual 3 or 4 to say that, but I think that uh, most of mine has been in New Vegas, and I like it, but 4 is easier to get into because of the way they're telling the story. Yeah, I think that's true.
0: So One of the reasons that Fallout 4 is on here is for the VATS system. It's the Vault Assisted Targeting System, VATS, and it slows down time whenever you activate it so fallout is fallout 3 and 4 i should say not 1 and 2 are completely different games from a completely different developer um and then bethesda got the license and made 3 and 4 and now 76 so 3 and 4 are they look like shooters they feel like shooters but they have this vat system in there where it dramatically slows down time and it gives you time to actually like pick which body part or like item that a character is holding that you target with your weapon and it gives you like a percentage chance to hit. So It really kind of becomes an almost turn based game if you use VATS. And that's how I always play it, because that's one of my favorite things in the game. Um, So you can increase your stats to make VATS better and you can just like precisely target everything. And that's how you can play the game. Or again, if you're coming from a shooter, you don't have to use VATS at all. You could just play in real time. That's totally fine, too. But VATS is the reason that I would put this game on the list. It makes just like a huge difference for new players. And then this is a different setting than any of the other games we've talked about right like mass effect 2 is sci-fi space opera which we hadn't really covered yet um a lot of the jrpg games are just kind of like classic like that classic jrpg feel
1: fantasy kind
0: of yeah and where skyrim is classic fantasy but from the western side um fallout 4 is post-apocalyptic through the nostalgia lens of the 50s and it's like there's nothing else like that right like if you've ever looked at Fallout media, seen trailers, seen gameplay, you know the style that they have and there's nothing else out there like that style. So if that style appeals to
1: you, I would say Fallout 4 is actually a really good place to start. Yeah, Fallout 4, I've watched more of it than I've played, but it is a very good place to start with that because it's not so easy like New Vegas is to get overwhelmed by by the exploration. And I say that like because you're going to walk into hard monsters and get killed over and over again and not know what's going on because that happened to me for a while in in new vegas yeah yeah you gotta run the risk of that if you go back to that game um
0: yeah so i think those are most of the games oh i should mention that one's on pc ps4 and xbox one at the moment that i know of those are most of the games that we want to recommend for like really good places to start rpgs jrpgs western rpgs any final thoughts
1: just That this is probably my favorite genre. That all of these, like, I haven't played all of these, like Mass Effect 2, and I know that you love JRPGs and just RPGs in general. And there's so much to say about them that if none of these sound great to you, if this is something that, that the discussion has made you really curious about something, we're more than happy to talk to you about it. Like we said at the beginning, this came out of a Twitter conversation where we might have overwhelmed someone with a number of recommendations on what uh, they could play uh, as a newbie to the RPG realm. Like, we want to share this genre with you because we love it so much. So please reach out to us if you want to know any more about any of these games or another one. If you're like, hey, I wonder about this one. It's something that uh, that you would probably, that we would talk about a lot.
0: Yeah, and this is one of those things where, like, hit us up on Twitter or on Slack or wherever and we, we have fun digging in and questioning you to find out, like, what you're interested in to try to give you better recommendations. And... Yep usually when we start doing that we start looping in other people that we know on twitter that are also into jrpgs to like like if we start going down a path that neither of us has super amount of experience with we'll be like well let's ask this person let's ask this person and suddenly we have a conversation with like 10 people going on twitter which is why you said sometimes we overwhelm people when they ask but it's because we (laughs) love
1: it so much yeah exactly yeah and i'm just thinking of this list i'm thinking of other things that that should have been on here i'm like no we cannot Just list every RPG that we love. Right. Uh, These are really
0: we're trying to be newbie friendly. So anything that we talked about today, I think is in that genre, in that realm of like newbie friendliness. So if you want anything above me on that, I'm sure we will talk about JRPGs again soon. Probably some at the game of the year based on what you've said so far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this will not stop coming up as a topic. Don't worry about that. So that's about it for tonight. Uh, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussions on our subreddit at
1: reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. So go to discord.geek2geekcast.com or slack.geek2geekcast.com to get an invite and hang out with us. And like we said earlier, we're also part of a podcast network, so you can go to geek 2 to geekcast.com to get links to tea time and to geek i blog at
0: agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter i'm on
1: twitter as at professor beach that's beach with two e's and i blog at geekfitness.net. we've been void and beach with your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks bye geeks
0: And remember, this week, keep it geek.